gentlemen welcome back to another episode of the midwest monsters podcast i'm one of your hosts grizzly abner and i'm joined by professor wagstaff venomous Minnie, hot toddy good to be with you again folks as we dive into some unexplored territory a franchise of which we have never spoke before we are talking about a series called stepfather the yes and this will be airing the weekend of father's day so happy father's day. happy father's day to all you fathers to me to all those dilfs out there <laughs> Holla. so um this uh is my this was my first viewing of any stepfather movie that's a fun fact same about that's lazy um, I had seen all of them before, but I hadn't watched part three since it was fairly new on TV. Okay. So you saw it as it aired on the television. Yeah. My dad and I watched that together. He still brings it up. <laughs> Stepfather three. He talks about that one. Yeah. Every like movie, random movie from the eighties. If he doesn't know what it is, he'd be like, is that the one with the wood chipper? <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Uh, I feel like I probably saw Stepfather shortly after it came out, and the rest I saw as they came out. Okay. Oh, oh no. Oh, you I had never seen it. We yeah. do, did never we, seen uh, did we do introductions? Interesting. <laughs> 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 All right, so I think the only logical place to begin is with the first Stepfather film. So let's talk about... The stepfather. That fits that fits the timeline. Okay, good. <laughs> we are all on board with this. All one. right. The Stepfather, nineteen eighty seven, starring Terry O'Quinn, Jill Sholin, Shelley Hawk, Stephen Shellen, and directed by Joseph Rubin, <laughs> who also directed Sleeping with the Enemy and Dreamscape. I don't know what just happened there. I just looked up and saw Todd giving Vinny the bird. <laughs> Todd, you're doing just fine, baby. Don't you worry about what he's doing. Um you guys got Todd on edge. This is gonna be a long episode. <laughs> so was it was it Terry O'Quinn or Terry Quinn? Terry O'Quinn. Okay. Cause when did he change? I don't know. Ne- ne- never. <laughs> yeah. No. He's credited as both in different stuff. Huh. Didn't know that. Welcome to my nightmare. Um. So the stepfather. Who's got a synopsis? What year was this again? Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. Uh. So seventy-four. The stepfather. Um. Terry O'Quinn. I can't remember the original name, but uh, he plays Jerry Blake. The opening of the film, we see that he has slaughtered his entire family. Um, And as we learn through the movie, that um, probably not the first few times that this has happened. Uh, Before we see that he slaughtered his family, Todd, tell us what we see. Oh, they hanged on. (laughs) (laughs) My, My second note is... Didn't take long to see why Todd picked this one. Hashtag hang dong. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure we, we established that. <laughs> You're going to make a mountain man? Yeah, we'll be all right. The venomous one is tickled. <laughs> uh, Jeremiah Johnson, would you like to weigh in on this? <laughs> okay, so uh, he murders his family, and then he 
um, with each time he murders the family, he's already got like a new identity and residency. New family. You trying setup. to rush me? No, no, no. I was, I was, I was, I was <laughs> facilitating. Is that rolling with the homies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I was, I was helping you okay. out. You were doing good. So uh, he's already has a kind of a new identity established, and he meets a meets a woman who has an older daughter, and uh, they are married. Yeah, they're already married at this point. When we reintroduce him sometime later. Yeah, because he is already. So his his mo is that he goes and hooks up and starts a new family before he murders his current mm-hmm. family. He's already laying ground. So he slides next. right into those next. And family. he's kind of a kind of cookie cutter, but his stepdaughter uh, Stephanie, played by Jill Sholin, um, she just she realizes there's something off and 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 fake about him and doesn't really buy it. Uh, and that's. The stepfather in a nutshell. What I didn't talk about, though, uh, I think would be cool Weber on the first film, is that I never realized until doing uh, the podcast for this that it's actually based on a true story. That the character is actually uh, based off a guy named John List, who in 1971 murdered his entire family, his mother, his wife, his three children. Um, I think he worked on Wall Street, lost his job, set up a like went on the the run. Changes his identity. Um, weirdly, as they're making the stepfather movies, he uh, was put on uh, America's Most Wanted in 1989, and that's how they caught him. Really? So, um, which I think the third movie kind of touches on the America's Most Wanted. So, throughout, they kind of touch on some uh, similarities between the actual person. Um, so, that's what this movie was based off of. Very interesting. I had no idea. Now you know. And knowing his power. Yes. And half the battle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's start with some opening comments here. Um, just got to be real honest. Uh, this was not my favorite franchise to view. But I will say this first movie is solid. It's, it's, it's well made. Yeah. Like, it's not a bad movie by any means. It's just not my thing. Um, it, I loved how graphic it was at the beginning. Like with that first slaughter scene, I was like, okay, cool. But it didn't resonate throughout the whole movie. Like the rest of the movie kind of takes on like a, an after school special kind of feel. But, uh, that upfront shock gets you. And then the ending, I mean, it's not brutal, but at the same time, it's, it's not, uh, a walk in the park by any means. I've always thought that this was underrated in the, in the sense that it catches you off guard. Yes. Because what's interesting about, especially the first film that you won't find very often, especially from that era, is it is equally balanced from a juvenile standpoint mm-hmm. and an adult standpoint. Yeah. It's got very serious elements for a thriller, but we don't sway too far in either direction. It doesn't become too steamy. Uh, with him cheating, and it doesn't become too driven by the teenager and her curiosity as to what this guy's really about. I feel that it does a really good job with bouncing back and forth on it. And I I just think that Terry O'Quinn, his performance never gets discussed, but it's actually pretty chilling at times. I think that he's very effective in it, but it's always been one of those ones like, when you talk to people about your favorite horror movies, of course, this isn't going to be at the top of anybody's list. But I think that it's um, it's pretty pretty notable for just 80s, 
fair. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, out of all these movies that, that exist, this is actually a pretty well-made film. I think it was well-made, was well-acted, more importantly. Um, I thought that the stepfather character had a very Ted Bundy feel. Mm-hmm. Especially with the geography. <clears throat> yeah, had a very Ted Bundy feel. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if it was coincidence or they intended it, but I noticed that he wore a lot of red and black color schemes throughout the movie and what that might mean, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I remember you pointing that out. Um, I th- means he was dead this whole time. <laughs> I think that it was... <laughs> That's what that Sixth Sense thing was about <laughs> at the end. To me, it was middle of the road. It was good, but it wasn't great. Sure. And there's nothing about it that really makes it stand apart, I don't feel like. But again, it was acted well, it was shot well, so it's not a bad movie by any 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 means. I think it was just I find it to be kind of average, I guess would be the best way I could wrap up how I felt about it. I wasn't upset that I watched it, but nothing about it really resonated. Sure. I, I don't always uh I think Abner kind of touched on that. It's it's not a movie that I, if I name top films, this one doesn't always come to mind. But I think The Stepfather is a strong movie. And what I like the most about it is, especially for the time period of like late to mid '80s, that this everything's through the slasher's eyes. So, including the beginning of the film, there's no mass killer. Um, we already know he's a he's the killer. There's no mystery involved. It's it's like the other characters trying to figure things out. Um, and then, I mean, you, you kind of already see what's coming, so you don't know that he's going to, like, let's be honest, the beginning's pretty pretty blunt with, like, the small children and mm-hmm. everything where it shows them murdered. Um, so you don't know if he's going to, like, you know, succeed in this or not. And it, to me, um, it's definitely a horror picture, but I feel like they filmed this as, like, a thriller, and they tried to cut away from a lot of the... Um, like the opening scene's gruesome, but we didn't see it happen. We just see the aftermath. Um, and the movie definitely doesn't. Um, it's a good movie without having to have a lot of gore. Um, and it sets up the suspense a little bit differently than. I kind of think of it like uh, the original Halloween, where a lot of the scenes, you know, Michael Myers is in the room, you can see him, um, and the other characters can't, instead of a bunch of like uh, jump scares and surprises and. Um, and you get to like watch the characters unravel because um, again he's pretty cookie cutter and clean cut and like one of the opening scenes where they're having a barbecue, and uh, that's the one that struck me as real Ted Bundy. And Ste- he's walking around talking to everybody. And Bundy. then Stephanie goes into the basement to get ice cream. Yes, he's and freaking out. Down he's there. down there, which is is weird because uh, thinking of even like watching uh just watching some of the Dahmer stuff for uh, another episode of when he uh trying to hold in all the rage and just unleashing like, uh, like just kind of like beating anything that's in his way and just kind of having a meltdown. And then when he sees that she's there, of course he's like, I'm just blowing off a little bit of steam here. Like I'm also a sucker for disguise, like simple disguise. And I like that aspect Mm -hmm. of the character where a shave, a haircut, not wearing glasses, all of a sudden you're a different dude. Yeah. And a hairpiece. Well, I think the hairpiece I didn't even notice until he took it off later. Out. One of the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think, in fairness too, to just kind of our taste in general, I think Hot Toddy and myself were much more into uh, the pop boilers of the '80s with the murder mysteries and the cop movies. So things like this and Maniac Cop aren't as taxing, I think, for he and I as it is for you two. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I would it's agree just, with that. It's not yeah, yeah. one's bad or one's good or anything like that. It's just from the air, more of a forgiving nature for him. Like, it's just effortless for me to watch a murder mystery thriller like this. Yeah. I, I think another thing that's cool to watch these movies now is to think about how far we've come with, like, forensics. And, again, the opening scene, he, he like, like, he had no gloves on other than to dye his hair. Um, but the fact that, like, this is the time period where you could change your look. And, and they didn't even make a, in the first movie, he loved having his picture taken. Uh, so that, again, this wasn't an era where we had Facebook and, and, and people were easily recognizable of, of crimes. Um, crimes weren't splashed all over the, the nation from a small town. Um, and the fact that they, they don't even know who this guy is, like by, uh, even though there's, there's definitely a lot of DNA in his crime scenes that, so I thought that was cool, and it, it got touched on a little bit as the as the sequels went, and it's definitely something I kept thinking about before the remake came out. Would how they would deal with you know the fact that now it's a little bit harder to just change a couple things about you and then murder a bunch of people and go to the next town. Little little more difficult. Yeah, because you got to think. I mean, even some of the the like highway cameras now have like facial recognition. Mm-hmm. Like it's creepy. San Francisco just banned that. Like yeah. the city of San Francisco banned like facial recognition from like all government use cameras. Hmm. Pretty crazy. So it's like a thing now, but we're trying to make it not a thing. But I'm like, but what about the stepfather? And then, uh, to me, like, I I can kind of see like it's a good movie to me, but I can kind of see it's got the strong beginning and it kind of more dramatic build. But to me, uh, you know, we, we have a stepdaughter trying to investigate. Um, she hears about the other crime, and she's she's requesting a a photo of the calm down, Vinny, of the of the killer to be seen because it wasn't put in the article. And also, uh, I don't think we mentioned either that the um, it would be his his brother in law of the other family is mm-hmm. is trying to seek out because uh, of of him murdering his whole family. So he's trying to get like the the guy that wrote the article and stuff of the, in the original newspaper to put it back out there. And, uh, but to me, like one of the, the coolest scenes is where the, the mom actually confronts him about something. That's the best scene of the movie. Yeah. And I think, I think he says the daughter's name, he says like the wrong name. Yeah. And then he just like, he's lost. You can tell he's lost. Who am I here? Yeah, he goes, yeah. Wait a minute. Who am I Who here? Am I here? Oh, uh, which to me is, is scary. Not only, not only in that, but that tells you, Man, how many times has he done this? Because I know uh, I did read that originally in the script they had like backstories where he's his dad's throwing him in a closet and he's being abused, and they were like, "We don't want any of that in the movie because it's scarier to to just like you have no idea why he is the way he is. How many times he's done this?" Yeah, that scene where he beats the the with the two by four to death. That's brutal. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, because the daughter has started to question uh, his his past and if he's responsible for some of these horrible things. So she's starting to push. She requests a picture. Yeah. Uh, of the the identity of who he appears to be, and that is mailed back. Problem is, stepfather intercepts it out of the mail, sees that she's on to him, replaces it with a different picture to throw her off. Meanwhile, her therapist that she's been going to see. Uh, decides to kind of follow up and see a little bit more about him after you know the the conversations that 
the, the stepdaughter has had with the shrink, and that results in um, him catching on and beating the hell out of him and killing him, which in a bizarre way manipulates the stepdaughter into feeling closer to him because he's supportive after the death of the shrink. But that's quickly fractured when uh, he accuses the uh, boyfriend of trying to rape her out in front of the house when they, oh, yeah, when they were holding hands. What yeah. is this? <laughs> he tried to rape her. Like, uh, <laughs> sir, we're playing Candyland. But yeah, the uh, Jerry quits his job, and the wife discovers that, and that's where we have the the pretty chilling scene in the kitchen. Which, by the way, that swing with the phone is brutal. Uh, that's one of my notes. He wallops swatted her. her with that phone. Is what I said. Yeah. So yeah, it, it all kind of comes to a head at the house with a with a showdown. Uh, the brother-in-law finally tracks to the house and shows up and. Doesn't last long. I think one of the uh, oh yeah a, a, another cool scene is is that the 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 stepdaughter's locked herself in the bathroom, and the he just keeps beating on the door, which has a, a That's full so scary. It, it has the the full <laughs> mirror on the back of the door, which starts breaking. Uh, but then he just kind of like comes through the door, comes through the mirror. Oh, that was another cool one. When the brother-in-law shows up to rescue, I said he he died a Scatman Crothers death. Yeah, <laughs> like finally shining. got in the damn door Next and right gets it. Axed right when he walked in. Yeah, I would uh, say if you're tracking down a serial killer, uh, you should probably have your gun out instead of in your tight jeans right. before uh, confronting them. But yeah, we have uh, the whole family battling, which results in stepfather getting stabbed right in the chest. Falls down the steps in a particularly gruesome pose. There, mm-hmm. he falls against the railing there that has broken down halfway. Laying there, that with the and and a shard of and, mirror yeah, in mirror his chest from he'd broken. And uh, then we end with what Stephanie cutting down the bird house that they'd helped yeah. build together. Which uh, there, I can't deny that's a little bit like the after school. Oh yeah, the ending. Oh there. yeah, Big which shit. and she she looked real hot in that last scene. I guess uh, having a stepfather almost kill you really does wonders for your motivation and looks. <laughs> I, I will say an uh, uh, interesting thing of watching this movie is how different the times have changed now. Because though uh, I think Jill was probably early 20s when she's playing 16. But you would not have a movie now where a 16-year-old is butt naked getting in the shower. Yeah, right. Because you can't even apply that. But yeah. good times. Uh, so that anybody else on the first movie? That's all I got to say all right. about that. So that moves us to Stepfather 2, Make Room for Daddy. <laughs> Stepfather 2, Electric <laughs> uh, 1989, uh, Terry O'Quinn returns. Uh, and then we get new cast members, Meg Foster, Caroline Williams, and Jonathan Brandis. It was kind of, kind of think would have had probably a huge career had he not taken his own life and, uh, at age 27. This movie, to me, the saving grace for it is Terry O'Quinn returning. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that makes the movie. It saves the movie. The the fact that he came back in the role. Yeah, so, I, I I haven't watched this in a while. I, I will say too, it's also directed by uh, Jeff Burr, who did a lot of horror movie sequels, such as Leatherface, Pumpkinhead Two. Um, the good Leatherface. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Both are good, but yes, the one you're referring to. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't watching it now. Like I love this movie as a kid. I saw it in the theater. Um, also, I try to convince my mom that my evil stepfather was. That's what this movie is about. <laughs> Plus, the kid's name is Todd. 
my mom hates horror movies, and I made her watch this. I was like, Mom, get rid of him. He's going to kill us. <laughs> uh, did, which, he, did he kill you guys? Uh, no, I just lived with the man. Let's see. <laughs> 12 worry. I lived with someone that I completely hated for about 12 plus years. Wow. So, good time. Um, I didn't realize till uh, viewing it for, for this that I was like, compared to the first one, it looks so low budget. I never realized I looked into it that this was actually intended to be straight to video. Uh, they convinced Terry O'Quinn to come back, which elevated it. And Certainly then did. The Weinstein brothers got a hold of. Um, they're the ones that bought boy. The- you sure notice that come up on a screen now, don't you? Yeah. yeah. When you're watching a movie. Yeah. 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 Well, the funny thing is, is uh, they've been assholes all along because um, they recut a lot of the scenes. Like they wanted added gore. Um, because it's funny, like, uh, when it first starts, it almost has the feel of the first movie. And then, like, they sh- they slam the, the guy that he's taking the car from. The original scene is you just see his scarf hanging out of the trunk. It's You obviously get that he killed him. But in the recuts, like, the, it's really obnoxious where he slams the, the trunk on his arms and kills him. I think that once you get past the fact that this guy survived a mortal wound. Yes. And is not any kind of supernatural being. That's your first hurdle to overcome. If you can handle that, you're fine for the rest of the movie. If you have no imagination and you can't get past that, then the movie you're not going to dig this. Do, do we want to? I haven't gave the plot. Do you want to? You guys want to go around and? Oh, I was just going to say he. Um, we find out that he's in like a mental institution. He's uh, he survived. Got, he's survived. He's gotten close to a doctor. Um, doctor trusts him even the guards like no nah, man you can't have him in here with you by himself and he's like no no no, it's fine and it's then, fine he makes houses yeah he's a good guy until he murders me <laughs> and that's what he does so he murders the doctor <laughs> and he escapes he actually gets the guard too he gets the, guard, the drop on the guard that didn't trust him i think he looks particularly menacing in his prison attire mm-hmm. you know with his actual haircut and he's got those low budget glasses those rims on you know what i mean like the he, serial killer glasses. Yeah, he looks like a he looks like a sex offender or something. And, uh, you know? In Puget Sound, which is where yeah. Ted Bundy spent time. Oh yeah, I would like to reshoot the video for uh, Snoop Dogg's murder was the case and do it with <laughs> sure. clips from this <laughs> with him and that his jumpsuit. Yeah, yeah. So he gets out, and you're gonna be surprised by this. He finds another family. What? <laughs> yeah, he finds a woman with a son, and. And starts to worm his way in on that. Oh, I'm just going to throw this out here. Out of all the women in America, is Meg Foster the one you look at and go, I'm going to screw with her. <laughs> I'm trying to pull one over on her. She don't look like she's going to put up with your shit. No, she actually looks like she's looking through your soul. Yeah. <laughs> you have Evil Lynn and uh, Stretch from Texas Chainsaw <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, Stretch gets a little too nosy in this movie for mm-hmm. uh, the stepfather's liking. That does not go well. I like how in the one scene she looks like Fievel from American Tale with that big ass <laughs> mail carrier hat on. <laughs> Her fashion sense hasn't changed. <laughs> well, now she just doesn't wear clothes. <laughs> she did. Uh, she did add to the film. Though. Think I thought having effects? a friend of the family. It uh, added a different a, dynamic for sure. Just regurgitating the exact same thing because yeah. otherwise it would have been. Just a bunch of movies with stupid women that don't love themselves. <laughs> this movie to me was was serviceable as a sequel, but it did just feel like the first one, but not as good. 
right? I was going to say, it showcases Terry O'Quinn being creepy again, so it's worth watching, but it doesn't bring a, a whole bunch of new stuff to where you go, man, I needed this. Like, it doesn't you can watch add the anything. first one, and if that's all you watch, you're not missing out on um, right. some you know, major rewarding experience. In a right. Film. The first uh, one did the trick. I thought it was decent, a decent sequel, but yeah, it's not, it's, it's not anywhere near as strong as the first movie. What I like about the, about this one the most though, is it could have just been a complete copy of the original. And at least they did a little bit of different stuff. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. I like the, the whistling a bit. later on. That kind of gives things away because otherwise yeah. you really do which, take the which same. Which was carried over from the first movie. Well, but we really do take the same path. Anybody that noses around gets rolled up and smoked. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? Like we got the the ex husband of Meg Foster showing up. What's his name? Phil. Phil gets it good. You know what I mean? Like anybody that pokes around, they get it. But, yep. Um, Phil, the Phil <laughs> the 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 last third, I think, does at least bring entertainment to the forefront with that because Maddie, the friend Caroline Williams uh, becomes curious and he sneaks off and uh, she meets her demise. He kills her, uh, frames it to look like a suicide. And on the way out of the house, he's whistling camp town races. And he also takes a bottle of her wine that's mentioned early on. Yep. The wine that she had gotten sent to her and he takes it. And so that kind of gives it away because of the wine that they're drinking, and also um, when Meg Foster's son, Jonathan Brandis, Todd, uh, is whistling the song, she puts it all together, and then proceeds to get the hell beat out of her. Like her a mosque, boy. I, I thought that scene was cool for the fact that they're like in a church basement, and above them is like a bunch of guests like waiting for them to be married. So <laughs> Yeah, I love it when she, she and the son walk through the door. She's beat to hell, covered <laughs> yeah. in blood. People stand up for the bride. I like how they <laughs> stab him the same way, yep. but this time with a cake cutter. Yeah. <laughs> and so they stab him with basically what looks like a garden spade <laughs> and kill him with it. Or do they? Oh, bum, bum, bum. Spoiler. Everybody, uh... <laughs> Good I on. just want to say... Yeah, no, I, we never heard Grizzly Abner's uh, take on Stepfather 2. It was a second Stepfather movie. <laughs> I just want to say, till death. <laughs> that was unsettling, though, her coming out to beat the shit in that wedding dress. Yeah. I mean, that, that was effective. Yeah, if you liked part one and you want to keep going, it's not bad, but it's not going not gonna to excite what, you. Was it this one, though, where he actually is upset? He's like, I had sex with you. <laughs> was it this one or the third one? Because uh, I think one of the characters is... Uh, I can't remember which one it was. Yeah, I may have lost track. It doesn't matter. So but I actually got addicted to opium so I could get through these. <laughs> <laughs> so, something doesn't add up here because all I've heard is, no, they're not bad. They're pretty, pretty enjoyable. And then he's like, I had to do heavy drugs to finish them. <laughs> all right, spoiler. I didn't really get addicted to opium. <laughs> Dragon chasing. Okay, many. well, <laughs> it only gets stronger from here. Indeed, uh, Todd's like the teacher right now. He's like, "All right, next." I can't wait to tell you guys what happened in Germany next. <laughs> Todd is the history teacher. Okay, so See, that's what a teacher would say. Stepfather three, 1992. Uh, this time, Robert Robert Whiteman Whiteman. Is playing uh, the stepfather. 
That's one way of putting it. Uh, Priscilla Barnes. And that's kind of our list of names from here. Um, so I will say cool things. Uh, the opening scene with the facelift is the actual facelift. And I will say it's kind of genius that you can't get Terry Quinn back. And they were like, oh, well, then let's give the stepfather yeah, a facelift. I at least like it when a movie addresses it. Like Hatchet yeah. 2, she pops out of the water and it's a different actress at the start of the next movie. It's like, come on, you don't have to do it this way. And, you're, a, you're a trigger Adam Green again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, uh, I, I will agree with you that at least they addressed it. Yep. Yeah. Doesn't have but to be the great. fact, but Solution, it's still so, so it's and, still and where 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 two was borderline, it was it was intended to be straight to video. They knew they had something. They took it theatrical. This one was, I think, it was made for video, and HBO picked it up first. The minute the credits roll, you can tell that this is a step down from the other. Two yeah, movies. it's it's the, the the even the credit scene is kind of generic. Like a staircase down. Yeah, it's uh, the uh, the incisions were gross. I'll give you that. Uh, were they really trying to get over? Hey, this uh, plastic surgeon smokes. <laughs> I mean, come on! But yeah, the the plastic surgery scene looked gross. Like back alleys get you back alley results <laughs> for for the beginning of a movie. That's some pretty cringeworthy stuff that you're seeing. Uh, but man, I I think the the facelift or the the plastic surgery thing to me is like. It's his evil twin brother. You know what I mean? Like, it's just as hokey to me. Yeah. Uh, I'll say right off the bat that um, <clears throat> as far as a third Stepfather movie goes, I mean, this is everything I'd hoped it'd be. I don't even think it's that. <laughs> like, to me, it's... going to be no for me. Uh, it doesn't try to be as serious as the first two. And it's a little sillier. I mean, he's got some catchphrases after he kills people, which I'll bring up here in a little bit, uh, if, if, if we're going to take long to get to that. Don't worry, I don't think anyone will interrupt you. <laughs> don't try to steal my thunder on <laughs> these. But uh, I don't want to say I enjoy this the most of the trilogy. <laughs> no, please I know, I know please you well enough to that. know that it's true. Oh, no. And hurry up! Throw out the word "bonkers" because that's the, that's when you know they have so, got you to sign on the dotted line. Yeah, you like what you like. When I'm watching a stepfather serial killer movie, this is what I'm looking for. So, of course, the, the green light, the fourth one, the most hillbilly version, seems to be a favorite. I mean, come on! When he when he slowly kills her other suitor, and he says, "I'm not your pal," that was good, right? <laughs> When he uh, when he kills the, his boss at the gardening center because he discovers he's got some uh, family on the side going, and he kills him, and he goes, "Silence is golden, <laughs> guys. This is where it's at. This is the best of the trilogy." Oh okay. boy! <laughs> How about that awful Easter Bunny costume? If you were a parent and that came near your child, tell me you would not piss fight it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say things I did like about this movie was they did touch on the first two. Like, I think he has a moment where he flashes back, similar, and he said he calls the um, he's talking about his daughter Stephanie after he's already told him a yeah. different name. So throw back to the first film. This one actually has a lot of ties with the actual um, killer that the the movies are based on, and the fact that uh, the guy actually hid out by being a gardener. So the actual serial killer, like was just under the radar by being a gardener and he was a big churchgoer like how he is in this film 
Um, and then a, the, their version of America's Most Wanted is how, again, the, that he was caught. Um, I will say, though, like the fact that at this point you can tell he has like a, like how he already sets up a, a, like a new life. The fact that he did it in the same town just didn't make sense to me. Uh, yeah, that was dumb. Also, so, didn't he escape the same place again? Yeah. Like you Which, think after screw up one, they'd maybe lock him down a little tighter. Or, or maybe, you know, <laughs> right. they couldn't have easily just said that they went down into the church and he was gone. Like, Let, Let's also, he just got stabbed with a cake cutter, a wedge cutter, a garden spade again. Pac was shot six times. <laughs> still kept going. <laughs> That's what's I, up. I think that if you're going to switch the main character's actor that you at least have to find a less annoying kid to cast in this movie. Can can I when why, I watch why are you an ableist? Uh when I watched this I felt bad because I thought about our Texas chainsaw one where I'm like, this kid ain't crippled, he's just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> and turns out one, that kid was lazy because he could walk. Spoiler. You ain't lying. He was also wearing pumps. How, how, that. how fucked up is it that you're going to go to someone you think your husband's fucking, you bring your kid along, who also your your husband might be a murderer, and just tell your kid to wait in the car? Guys, my last note on this movie is, is ugh. Literally, that's the last thing I wrote down. Ugh. Ugh. Be, besides the, the corny lead, because Terry O'Quinn is what made the first two films effective. Yes. Single-handedly. I mean, the direction and all that was great. We had some nice casts in both of them. But he was what made... He led credib- lent credibility to yeah, the project. among movies, there were plenty of them on cable at that point. He's what elevated this. Had, had, quite, had it returned for this movie? Yeah. Like, even as well, cheesy as I'm, it was? I don't blame you. But that's the thing. Back. If he'd been there, he wouldn't have had the jokey one-liners, and, and we wouldn't have needed a lot of the things that we have in here, which I think is the main thing that hurts this movie besides kind of uh, almost the, the tongue-in-cheek attitude at times is the plot has way too many little turns. That was what was beautiful about the first two is they're cut and dry. You have a guy sneaking in to be a new guy, there's going to be a few people along the way that try and get in the way. He kills them. We learn his past. We end the movie with a showdown. In this, we've got uh, courting the next person after the ones can't have children. Then we think that maybe they're, they're meeting each other and no. And it, it gets kind of soap opera-like. Oh, yeah. And it, big and as shit. that's just not needed for why people are tuning in to a movie called Stepfather 3. Like, just having be a killer. I just... That's the only thing. This movie should not run longer than the first two films, which it does. Oh, that's a valid point. Like there's That just, is very, there's very valid. There's too much fat on the stake for this film. I mean, I can remember, though, watching this with my dad and just thinking <laughs> the ending was great when I was a kid. Well, they must <laughs> yeah. have given old boy a scalp transplant when they did the plastic surgery, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I really hope, uh, continuing with the stepfathers, that they would have been like, and we found out that he just kind of slipped through the chipper. And we put him in an institution, and he just <laughs> And when they somebody show you, he's got a Band-Aid on his forehead from going through the wood chipper. But peg legs. <laughs> uh, I was going to say the only other thing, the that when he kills that priest, that's pretty legit. Yeah. Yeah. That they've asked, uh, what are they having him help with? I can't remember what it was. 
Or maybe it was to look into his past. He, st- yeah. he still yeah. is like, the, he takes the fork to try to get some fingerprints. Yeah. Yep. Which, again, there's another little twist and turn there. That Like, there's just so many. Which, which that scene was definitely like a ripoff of the first film with the psychiatrist, where yeah. he, yeah. like, basically sets it up to where it looks like he... Which, and I'm okay with that. Just pare it down a little bit. That's well, the problem. I can be it's okay with much. it for the fact that if you think about how somebody would kill... I mean, again, we just talked about Dahmer, who, like, eventually the, the victim's very similar each way. So it makes sense if a killer kills similar, but... but yeah, big big finale. I also was well creeped out by the priest, if I'm being honest, with the the relationship between the priest and the boy. Now, why you gotta go there when the film didn't go there? <laughs> it went there, it was implied. <laughs> I don't think that was as much of a thing yet. No. Well... It was. Not in not, the way it is now. Right. We just didn't know about we it. We just weren't allowed to talk about it. Exactly. Um, this movie is almost two hours long. I just yeah. To, yeah, that's, that's, that's the crazy, crazy And the idea, yeah, the, the, the idea that the boy wants to go live with his dad, but he uses his computer to find out that this is the guy. Yeah. So Which he originally he was going to send a monkey named Amy <laughs> with his computer. Amy! Smart monkey. What year was this one? This ninety two. Ninety two. Yeah, you ain't you ain't doing internet research as a little kid. Yeah. Was Sandra Bullock ordering pizzas on the net yet? <laughs> Don't think so. So, uh, well, my favorite of the, the franchise. So, uh, of course, my God. Speak up! I can't hear you on the island over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, all right. I appreciate well, the I, honesty. I would love to see a crossover where uh, stepfather and maniac cop Ooh. meet up, and there's saxophone playing the entire movie. <laughs> Never stops. Sign me. As up. long as it's Tim Capello, I'm in. <laughs> what about uh, stepfather versus Mother's Day? Ooh, that'd be legit. That'd be legit. All right. We want to gloss over the remake real quick before we close out. I didn't watch it. That's all right. All right. So moving along to the remake, Stepfather, 2009, starring Dylan Walsh, uh, Sal Ward, Penn Badley, Amber Heard, and Jocelyn Jilsig, which was basically a fun cameo if you watch Nip Tuck. Oh, um, directed by Nelson McCormick who uh, the previous year had directed the Masterpiece remake of Prom Night, which was a turd. Mm-hmm. Did you watch this, Vinny? I did watch this. What did you think? I was thinking more just kind of general thoughts on this one, since it really is kind of recursive. Uh, it, Unless it, you wanted to go through it. I, I'm going to be 100% with you. I will probably watch this movie three times to every one I would watch any of the other ones. Of the, you, yes. You'd watch this over the original? Yes. Uh, and here's why. Here's why. Now who's the weirdo? No, but I'm going to tell you now. I'm going to tell you now. Oh, I have no nostalgia connected with these movies whatsoever. None whatsoever. Clearly, Dylan Walsh doesn't either. I just saw them at the pretty much within the same week of each other. And the reason I say I would probably watch this one more is I feel like it is paced better, and it's just it's just an updated version. Honestly, is all it is. And it plays with some of the stuff that in our world now is in the internet age. How how would this even begin to be plausible? But anyway, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of any of these. Um, the chances of me rewatching them are very low. 
But if I was going to watch any of them again, it would probably be the remake. Or Terry O'Quinn. Okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, with the, with the remake, this was one of my least favorite remakes of that whole push. I mean, I just could not stand this thing. Dylan Walsh brings nothing to this film in the way that Terry O'Quinn does. He's completely flat. And there's nothing I'll sinister agree with that. In, the, in the flat. With I'll him. agree with that. And to me, that was what made the original entertaining was he was just chilling enough. And and this guy, which I have realized is like some killers, they're just hollow. But for an inter, from an entertainment standpoint, it really doesn't bring much. I did like, in the remake, the investigation stuff mm-hmm. from the sun. That was much more compelling and explored and kind of mm-hmm. spelled out. Well, and, and, and more than one person is getting suspicious independent of one another i thought was an interesting take too my only other complaint with the remake is what i touched on with the original is where it was this i thought really impressive balance back and forth between a movie for adults and a movie for teenagers Mm -hmm. i think that the remake is much more geared toward teenagers i will 100 percent. i think that that. everything's pat 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 and we constantly have loud cool rock music playing in scenes where we don't need it. There's also there's a also a couple movie. more jump scares. Yeah, which I'm okay with that. And I do actually like the bleak ending that we have that is different in the remake. Mm-hmm. Um, but Todd, thoughts? Um, so I've seen this movie twice now. I watched it when it originally came out. I think I skipped it from the theater, but um, I was just, to me, The Stepfather was always a movie I really liked. So... Um, the fact that Stepfather is very shocking and, and blunt, and then there, here comes along a PG-13 remake of it. Um, so I didn't watch it till it came out on home video. Did not like the movie. However, I will say, when I rewatched it, I liked it better this time around. Um, yeah, it wasn't as bad as I remember. It wasn't as bad, but... I was kind of worn out, too. It's still, it. it's still nowhere to me like the original. Um, and again, it kind of pisses me off that... Like, I don't care what a movie's rated. If... A movie can be PG and scary. Sure. But don't chop a movie. Obviously, they chop stuff because on video, it's unrated. Yeah. So the fact that you just censored and watered down a movie to make it PG-13 to make some bucks off of it. Um, and another confusing thing that uh, about this is that all the trailers shows like uh, Amber Heard, the girlfriend, the attic scene where they fall through her and the, her and the mother, that he's stepping on the cord of the buzzsaw and it's going over her head. And then he, you see him lift his foot up. And it's a cut scene, like which makes no sense because in the actual film they just fall through the attic, and it's yeah. it's not as thrilling. But I definitely like this a lot more. Um, I will say, like, there's obviously a budget to this one compared to like even in the original film mm-hmm. was very low budget. Um, but yeah, the stepfather himself, Terry Terry O'Quinn, like I, I like the actor. I like Dylan Walsh, but yeah, to me he was more of like a he wasn't as chilling to me as Terry O'Quinn was. But I do respect the never having seen any of them before this. So, I mean, your experience is different than, than mine. I, I've seen The Stepfather numerous times. It's just, it's Terry O'Quinn to me. So it's hard for me to watch somebody else step That's up. That's fair. I but, can see that. But especially Dylan Walsh, who's pretty colorless. I think if I was... Di- I think is by design. If I was casting from Nip, Nip Tuck, the other dude would have made a better Stepfather. Right. It's just, if, if we're rolling with the idea... You need a little bit more charisma. And I thought that that, I just thought he lacked that. Um, but I do like the ending, which in the original, as we discussed, we assume he's dead. And in this, not so much. 
we have the son who had battled him up through the end. I thought, I, I thought it was a good finale, too, yeah. to be honest. Like, oh, it's it nice it climactic yeah. as shit. Yeah. yeah. The, the first time I watched it, the ending didn't even right. hold up for me because I was just too out of it compared to the original. But I think with the second viewing, I, I was able to enjoy it this time. Right. Where I, I didn't the first time. I enjoyed it a little bit more. Yeah. Sure. But, yeah, the, the son wakes up in the hospital, and they go, he, yeah. he's not dead. He escaped. And then yeah. we show him at his next stop healthy, happy, and moved on to his next setting. So I, I did think that there was at least some differences and uh, things that I mean. If, if I felt like it made it its own thing it. enough. Yeah. I mean, the opening sequence is more or less a frame for frame remake. Yeah. But Except they don't hang well, on. They don't hang on. But yeah, in no way is this the worst remake of that era. I held it up there as one of the worst back then, but it's it's not as bad as as I remembered it. So yeah, I recommend the first one to pretty much anybody. Past that. Only if you're real interested. <laughs> I, I would be um I would be okay if they would do a sequel to the remake, um if they kind of uh, intensified some stuff, because uh you could definitely do it. It's weird to me that they they make a point to remake all these classic films and then they make money and then they just instead of making a sequel they move on to the next movie to remake. What if Terry O'Quinn and Silver Bullet? Was that that was one of his earlier identities as the sheriff? Oh man, mind it's a blown, mind blown. And what if it was another sequel when he was on the plane and he landed on and he crashed and lost? <laughs> That's what actually happened to the stepfather. Don't yes. tell me what I can and can't do. <laughs> he was flying to be with his other family previously on Lost. <laughs> All right, it's just a scene of him with yeah. that butchered family whooping up families. <laughs> <laughs> well, you like what you like, folks. The Stepfather <laughs> Trilogy. Did we hit an hour? Uh, no, we just hit 45 minutes. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, it's better than bad. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this for your commute, folks. You know, people got cookouts to get to this weekend. That's true. Time to be listening to our horse shit. That's true. You got to take that. So, ha- happy Dilf Day. There you go. <laughs> well, signing off for the stepfather, one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner. I'm joined by Professor Wagstaff. Venomous Vinny. Who am I here? <laughs> Hot toddy. <laughs> Stay scary. <laughs>